episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I am just so glad that you're joining me for yet another episode. And let me tell you, this one's going to be a juicy one because not only do I focus on helping people move from a place of burnout, brokenness, and despair, but also my guest does too. And she does it in a beautiful way, connecting clutter and burnout and erasing that from your life using the Marie method. I mean, how freaking cool is that? This is Dr. Jessica Louie. She's a critical care pharmacist. She's on staff for pharmacy residency, and she's my virtual BFF. So join us in this conversation and then stick around afterwards to hear how you can actually help a med student or a resident so they don't have to experience medicine like we've experienced medicine. It's a really cool opportunity, and I'm super excited to tell you all about it. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jessica Louie. Not a DO, but a farm D. I am so excited to have the Dr. Me First podcast because I know my audience needs to hear from you. Thank you for having me, Erin. Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell the people all about your fabulous self? Uh, so I'm Jessica, and I really love helping people find confidence to live intentionally. So we all create meaningful contributions to the world. And I do this as I help pharmacists and healthcare professionals clear the clutter from their lives and get out of overwhelm, frustration, so they can live with more energy and less stress. The ways I do that are through burnout coaching and through using the KonMari method in the simplifying and decluttering stages of resetting burnout. I also work full-time as an associate professor at a school of pharmacy and am critical care trained. You're just an overall badass, that's for sure. And I know we met each other through LinkedIn because I was like looking for other people who are coaching healthcare professionals and I came across your profile and I was like, holy shit, she's like Marie Kondo for pharmacists. This is amazing. So tell me, because I don't even know, when did you go and get the Marie training? A short background is, you know, I found Marie Kondo in 2014, 2015 after I experienced a lot of burnout from residency and my first career in pharmacy. And it really helped me reset my burnout. And then I applied the method to my own home, then started applying the method to other areas of my life, including community, finances, um, health. And then I found out that she was getting certified coaches and consultants going. So I got officially certified in 2018. So it'll be about two years pretty soon. And right now there are about 200 certified consultants in the United States. I mean, once her Netflix special came out, like I had read her book several years ago, but I really feel like the Netflix special like really helped catapult her even more. So just because my inquiring mind wants to know, when you were getting through residency and you were feeling the burnout in 2014, which is like my worst year as well, what what was it about the Con Marie? Was it just like your house is a mess or you're like, we're just like searching for something? I'm just wondering how you came upon her to help with your burnout. I think there was a couple different things that happened. So one, I was finishing two years of critical care residency 
And then I jumped into my first job at the university and was teaching a lot right from the start. So um, there was a life event that happened where one of my aunts um, passed away really suddenly from a very aggressive form of cancer. And that's when it like really woke me up of, okay, what am I doing? I'm just coping with my burnout by shopping for mm. clothing and for other items for my home and not really investing the time and energy I wanted to back into my family and friends and basically my loved ones because I'd gone through nine years of training, took no breaks, took almost no vacations, didn't see a lot of my family. Um, so that's what woke me up to living you know, intentionally and really realizing that I was spending all this money on things that just had this like quick hit of dopamine and not actually investing my time and focus into things that actually mattered in my life. So I came across her books. I actually listened to her books on audiobook. Um, I was laughing in the car when I was listening to them. And then, you know, just applying that and being able to reset how I coped with burnout was really the important step. Hmm. That's so good. Yeah, because we do find other coping mechanisms when we don't want to deal with it directly, be it shopping, over drinking, over exercising, like all of the things that I mean, I've heard about and experienced or, you know, other doctors have talked to me about. It's totally true. And it's like until you get under what that actual problem is, it's just kind of glancing over the sur surface with it. So awesome. Well, we're going to talk about clutter and burnout since that's like your MO and what I really love. And so tell me why, tell me where in your brain did like cleaning out the physical and the mental clutter pair up with burnout? So I think that um, what's closest to us has the most effect on us. So a lot of times, you know, what we're wearing and how we feel based on our outfits, it relates back to our confidence. And then just sitting at our offices or in our homes, you have all these visual distractions around you trying to take and pull from your time and energy levels. So I really view decluttering as a way to reduce my stress levels. And because we know that, you know, high levels of stress and chronic stress lead to burnout, um, that's one way to help reset it. So um, I, I know everyone's like familiar with like all the cortisol levels and all that stuff and all the studies that have shown that clutter is tied to higher levels of cortisol. So I won't get into that, but that's kind of how I viewed it. Um, and then once I was able to look at my clutter, I realized, you know, there are different types of clutter. So I kind of break it down into physical clutter, mental clutter, emotional clutter, and then spiritual clutter. And I recommend starting with physical clutter, um, but you can start somewhere else, you know, and get those quick wins and then, you know, go from there. Yeah, I really love that because those are the domains that we all have to dig into at some point. And if we can have those quick wins of like clearing out a space and feeling like you can breathe when you step into your closet, um, those are really, really good. So we, so we kind of know like the physical clutter, like getting that out, but maybe walk a little bit into like the mental clutter. How do you address that? So, uh, first I'll give you, you know, my, what my definition is. So, because I used to think a lot of these were interchangeable, but I tried to kind of separate them out. So when I view mental clutter, I'm really thinking about our thoughts and our ability to process information and then how that relates to setting goals and our values. 
So I think that a lot of our mental clutter stems from our digital world nowadays and, you know, just the quote unquote busyness of today. So a lot of that relates to our email clutter, text message, phone uh, clutter, and then how people get a hold of us and how we fill our schedules because we're constantly having all these things run through our brains and trying to remember to put a meeting on our calendar or pick up the dry cleaning or something else. And this really affects us how we process all that information that's running through our heads. Whereas emotional clutter, you know, it's our ability to express our feelings and, you know, we go through different ways of anger, sadness, coping mechanisms. And I think that some of that has been lost with how we kind of jump from thing to thing nowadays. Um, So I kind of view that as uh, gratitude, forgiveness, how we can like journal out our emotional um, clutter. Feel the feels. Yes. Um, And actually live in the moment um, and not want to, you know, just pass through that anger stage or, Uh, that coping stage. Yeah. Tell me about spiritual clutter. Uh, Spiritual clutter, I kind of think of as energy levels and how we trust one another and how we're present with one another, because um, this kind of relates back to like mindfulness and how, you know, we just can be in ourselves and, you know, be still in ourselves. Um, And that can be a little more difficult in our digital world. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that's one of the big things when I do my women in the wild retreats is that digital detox. Um, for some people, it's like the first time they've actually like powered off their phone since they like got their phone or had to do mm-hmm. like a hard reboot. But there it is like, and I mean, I always prepare people ahead of time, like tell your family, no news is good news. Like if we need to get a hold of them, we absolutely will. But otherwise, like just put it aside. Mm-hmm. That's so so good. Like, I think that, you know, even doing a digital detox once a week, and that could be for an afternoon or for a full 24 hours is so helpful because we don't realize that people didn't used to be this reachable and Mm -hmm. people didn't used to, you didn't get a hold of someone once they left the hospital or the clinic, right? You would have had to call their hard, like their landline landline. and nowadays there's you know the pagers the email the cell phones texting but once you're off the clock you really can be off the clock in my opinion um because we have all these people on call we have people that are scheduled to take care of your patients so we can really put together those boundaries that really help you know our healthcare professionals you know, I've, I started doing, um, I was doing a job that was 24 hour call and that ended like July one of last year. So I actually like made a little docking station for my phone. Um, not like a little phone altar, but kind of like where it was just a nice, like little sweet place to put my phone away at night. And then once it's in its like little zone, I don't check it anymore. Like it's done until the next morning and we use like an old school alarm clock again to set mm-hmm. an alarm instead of the alarm on your phone. Cause you know, that's the excuse everybody says why they have to have their phone by their bed is like, Oh, it's my alarm too. And it's like, they still make alarm clocks that will right. be at you at six o'clock in the morning. So, and I have found that really releasing and I find when that creeps back in, like when I start plugging my phone in next to my bed again, or like I'm on it late that it does. It does. It really does mess with your mental thoughts, that mental clutter to be able to step away from it. 
And the other great thing I love doing is like going to places where you don't get cell phone service. Like just be like, oh, no cell phone service. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and being okay with that and not like going into panic mode, like, oh my God, what if they need to get a hold of me? Because like you said, I, I mean, I was still a little kid when we had a landline. And like, I remember one time the phone was a little bit off the hook and like, we didn't get calls for a week. <laughs> we couldn't figure out why. <laughs> it's because it was just off, like one of the ones. And so it really is okay not to be uber connected in. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that also goes back to, uh, you know, notifications because we don't need to get like that little ping, that little ding every time we have an email come through or um, someone likes an Instagram photo or anything. So I recommend that you turn off all notifications and pop-ups because then you can intentionally check your phone or email on a scheduled basis. And, you know, you can set it up so that your favorite people are able to contact you and get through with those uh, sounds, but everyone else is just on silent. You know, the other thing I've done too is using that setting on your phone that if somebody calls you back quick, like they call you and then, then it'll ring through, but otherwise it's on silent or vibrate. I love that setting. Cause then mm-hmm. it's like, I know it's important if they call me twice. Yes. And then th- that relates into the do not disturb function of like putting that on like at night and, so that, you know, the people that want to text you at 4 a.m. or 11 p.m. can text you, but you're not going to wake up. So, yeah, so good with all of that. You know, and we talked a little bit about the emotional clutter, like feeling the feels and like really being in touch with that because so much, so many of us are just intentionally numb and maybe it's not 100% we know it's that we're intentionally numbing, but we are. I think that's a really important one to like get those feelings back online and then learning how to like swim in all of them and not feel like you're drowning because that's, that's why we numb because we don't want to feel them all is a really important thing. Um, And then the spiritual with the energy levels and the just being like the being that we are and being in that. Tell me how you help people with that uh, um, spiritual clutter and how to declutter. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think this really goes back to your mindfulness and some meditation type practices because, you know, just thinking about when uh, in nowadays society, like we might be eating while we're also like watching TV or doing something else or scrolling through our phones, but actually being present and being mindful would mean that you're sitting at your table, you're like actually using all five senses, uh, you're, you know, you're tasting the food, you're feeling the texture, all these things and kind of getting back to that in simple ways at first. So then it could be applied to larger aspects of someone's life. So, um, and in healthcare, this one also relating to your taking notes like on pen and paper and then putting them into the chart later, or you're not, you know, just looking at the computer screen instead of your patient's eyes. So just figuring out what ways can be mindful in their lives. And then if they're willing to, we also incorporate meditation where at least if you're not into meditation, you're at least um, setting up a morning routine where you're channeling yourself and taking, you know, noise-free time so that you can just like process your thoughts, let them go. Um, Because a lot of times we have all these thoughts running through our heads and we're not able to just, you know, acknowledge them and let them go. We let them take over our lives. And I call that being really reactive to life instead of being proactive. So just setting up some of those routines um, so that you have that daily and you have that focus 
and energy moving throughout the day then. Yeah, because like really getting to the core of what brings you life and what fills you, I think is so important. You know, people who have been longtime listeners, they will remember some episodes that I did from skeptic to meditator. And I talk about the rest technique. That's the meditation tool that I use by Dr. Jill Wiener. Um, that is 15 minutes. And I, I did not realize the power of being still with yourself until I went through that program. And, um, you know, sometimes like I used to think, Oh, this is just like all new agey and you know, that sort of, but it really, really gets you back into that, into your spirit and into your core with that. So I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. I know that uh, I love listening to your podcast and one episode you did was what not to do. to fix burnout or to help burnout. Do you care to give like one or two tips on what you tell people not to do when they recognize that things are all like burning and going to hell and they're super crispy? Of course. Um, so um, I do host the Burnout Doctor podcast and I've talked about this, I think maybe a couple times in two different episodes, but it's really taking from my own situation and what I learned from it and, you know, hoping that my story will help others. So a couple things I talked about not doing while you feel burned out is one, you know, making a lot of major life decisions. And I think that it can be really easy to be rushed into these things. You know, my clients tell me all the time that, you know, let's just change jobs. Let's just quit my job, um, or buy something to cope. And, you know, I did all this. I, um, you know, I made big life decisions, bought a house, um, and moved my parents out to California and all these things. And I made mistakes along the way. And I think that just, being able to learn how to cope with those and not just try to have a quick fix in your life and can be really important uh, while you're going through burnout and high levels of stress. Um, The other thing I talk about is um, not taking it out on other people um, because it's really easy. You know, the people that you love the most are the ones that usually you don't have as much of a filter with. And it can be easy when your frustration comes from work into the home setting. So really reflecting on that so that you are grateful for the people who are surrounding you, surrounding you and supporting you through this difficult time in your life. Um, and making sure that when you talk about work or you talk about burnout, um, you're not just blaming someone else or you're not taking out your frustration on someone who doesn't deserve it. So those were a few things. Yeah. Cause as much as we want to leave work at work, it really does penetrate all aspects of life. And I think that's a huge thing to realize. Cause sometimes I have people come to me and they're like, Oh, my life is great. Except I hate my job and I hate what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, so your life is not great because it just like spreads into that. And I think it's really important just to acknowledge that like things are not great because of this kind of big, huge thing that I'm dealing with right now. And just like you said, having gratitude and appreciation for the things that are going right and kind of saying like, Hey, if you see this happening, I want to talk through it. I don't want to abuse you. I just want you to know this is what's going on and and asking for help too. Like I need help in that. I love the Burnout Doctor podcast. I think it's so beneficial. I feel like it's like a a sister to my podcast in this world where they can come here and get some sass and then they can go and hang out with you and get some decluttering and like 
it's it's a very like I love it because it's a very calming podcast so it totally is like the yin to the yang of my energy so everybody needs to go check that out I'll have it in the um, show notes so you can click to it and then also talk a little bit about your website and the offerings you have there yeah, so uh, my website is my name, Dr. Jessica Louie, Dr. Jessica L O U I E dot com, and there are free live workshops to sign up for, or some workbooks to get started with clearing the clutter out of your life, or uh, starting to reset burnout. So I really focus on things that you can change in the next ten minutes, um, and really take control of your day versus you know waiting for your organization or your leadership to change and at your work site. Yeah. And the last thing before we close this up, I have to say, um, when I was getting the Physician Coaching Alliance all together, you were one of the first ones that was like, yeah, I think I want to do this. And I'm just so excited to have you in the Alliance because, you know, 95% of the people in there are physicians. And I love that you bring the perspective as pharmacists, because I feel like that helps us keep our eyes like and keep our view wide to be like, this is not a medical doctor problem only. Like everybody on the team is there. And I always talk about you in your critical care aspect. I'm like, oh, she's so much smarter than me. I was like, <laughs> Jessica is just, she's absolutely amazing. But I just want to put a plug out there too, that for listeners that you are a great resource that we don't have to let titles stop us from accessing people and like doing cross-disciplinary things. And I think our relationship is like that. Yeah. I'm so grateful for the Physician Coaching Alliance and you inviting me into the group. It's been great connecting with all the physician coaches and just seeing how we can impact healthcare with our different expertise. So Thank you again. It has been really cool. I always talk to people that you're our Conmarie expert. And then like another guest recently has been Vanessa. She's our recovery addiction coach. And uh, we even have some more like some sex coaches and like me doing transition. It's just a fun, eclectic group that I feel like is going to continue to keep growing. And I really hope that it is a powerhouse in healthcare to be like, oh, no no, no, we're not going to struggle alone anymore. Here's colleagues who can help in all of these different realms. And it's okay to be struggling in any of these realms. So just thank you so much for that. And yeah, if people are interested, I'll put that in the show notes to the Physician Coaching Alliance. You can go check out all of our different team members on there. They're all super cool. Several of them have been on the podcast, but there's a lot of them who have not yet come on. So go check out the website. Um, and yeah, if you or your organization is interested in learning more about physician coaching, um, it's a great place to, to come hang out with us. So thanks so much, Jessica, for coming on the podcast. And bringing all of this, ugh, I just love it so much, all of this decluttering goodness into my life. Thank you, Erin. Thanks again, Jessica, for coming on the show. You are a rock star, my friend, and I just so, so appreciate you. All right, I gave you that little teaser in the introduction about how you can help a med student. Here's a question for you. When did you first notice that maybe you're getting a little burned out? Did you have those little quips like looking back 2020? I think it's always clear. But when you're in the middle of it or at the beginning of it, 
you don't really quite notice those small details. For those of you who know my story, you know it took me way too long to admit that how I was practicing medicine, how my mindset was in medicine in the very traditional way, was messing up me, my family, and my work. And so burnout never really crossed my mind as a med student. It was one of those, it was just how it was. And we really didn't even talk about it much in residency. I mean, of course, there was like duty hour rules, but everybody snubbed their nose up to it. You know, I was so much more concerned about getting through the exams, moving on to the next step. And every time I started to feel overwhelmed or unhappy, I just kind of pushed it down, threw it in the proverbial closet until finally said closet door just busted open. And, you know, that's really why I started this podcast, because I really wanted to talk about that, the things that we pushed into the closet, and also that no one should have to get to that point by themselves, that they have to try to figure it out by themselves. And, you know, those feelings that I was always pushing away, I know that other people feel that too. And the remedy to all that bullshit is community. And so by hosting other female physicians, hearing our stories, getting responses from you, the listeners, that's really what it's all about. So here's what I'm asking. Let's make this community bigger. Let's help our students and residents realize earlier rather than later that they don't need to keep pushing themselves, don't need to keep taking those feelings and pushing them in the proverbial closet to the point of exhaustion, despair, burnout, guilt, shame, all the things. And I'm just asking you today to consider to be a Patreon and be a Patreon in a specific way where you also contribute to the scholarship fund that I have set up so that female residents and med students can have access to the bonus episodes and to the community of this podcast to hopefully help spread the message that no matter where you are in your training, your life, your calling, and your pulse really does matter. So head over to patreon.com backslash doctor me first, look at the different levels of entry, and I would really challenge you to consider coming in on the scholarship level so that other people, other students who are behind us don't have to figure this out as late as what we did. So I would greatly appreciate it. There's only a few right now in the Patreon community, but it has been so fun getting to know you guys more, to talking on a more personal level. Yay, it's now a two-way conversation instead of a one-way podcast, and I'm so excited about that. And I would just ask you to think about your own community. And if you don't have that in your life, consider joining ours. Because guess what, friend? I want you in the tribe as well. So remember, like I've already said, Your life, your calling, your pulse matters. matters.